Hello, I am that last bit of curry sauce in the box that you are trying to dig out with your last McNugget. Us. And I'm streaming left and right by 17 on YouTube and Spotify. Ray, and you're watching... Skinny... Thoughts. With Skinny Thoughts, yeah, Skinny Thoughts. Welcome back to this season, where we're reviewing the episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 5. For anyone joining us for the first time, hello! Drag Race is a competition to find America's next drag superstar, and All-Stars is where past contenders return for another chance at the crown. This week, we're going to review Episode 2. So, we first returned to the workroom where last week, Derek Barry and Mayhem were in the bottom two. Last week, India Farah was the top all-star and lip-synced against Season 11 winner Evie Oddly. And Evie won the lip-sync, so she reveals the lipstick chosen by the group to be Miss Derek Barry. Now, Miss Cracker comes in the next week and talks about wanting to put Angina's name on the lipstick in Whiteout, having a real Ben de la Creme moment. So, what do you think about this? So, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a reference to All Stars 3, where Ben de la Creme, clear front runner of that season, decided not to eliminate one of the bottom three queens, instead, writing her own name on the elimination lipstick in Whiteout so she could win on her own terms. But Right now, I'm really on Angina's side. As Angina said in her confessional about Cracker, you're not Ben de la Creme and you never were. I really don't see any possible reason Cracker could have had to say such a thing to Angina's face. And I don't necessarily think Cracker had the most malicious intentions in voicing that out, but I do wonder why she felt it was appropriate to essentially tell her fellow competitor I wish you were in the bottom last week because I really wanted to send you home. Because that just reads as mind games, plain and simple. If someone told me that to my face, I'd be in my head and really full of self-doubt for a while after. Like, come on, Cracker, you know for yourself how crippling self-doubt can be, so why would you voluntarily inflict that on someone else? Hmm, well... Personally, while everyone's kind of bashing on Cracker for being like shady or playing mind games with Angina, I kind of do understand what she's trying to say, especially given Cracker's previous narrative and her struggle on season 10, right? Because she was sent home right before the top 4 because she was told she wasn't a star by Asia O'Hara. And that really shook her confidence and brought out the inner saboteur in her, which is why I think Cracker kind of brought that up because she kind of sees and relives her failure or that narrative again through on China, which makes her feel mm. that she deserves to go home la, and vocalizes mm. that. But Cracker is saved by the bell. This week, the maxi challenge is a big production by the girls, so there's no mini challenge. The girls have to form groups, write their own lyrics about the celebrity man crush of their dreams, then record their verses to the new all-star song, I'm in love. Then, they have to come up with a group look and choreography for their number. India, being the winner of last week's Maxi Challenge, is asked by Ru who her top two biggest competitors are. And unfortunately, Sly Ru decides that the two people she names, Shay and Blair, are the team leaders of the other two teams against her. So after picking, the three teams are India, Jujubee and Alexis as one group, 
Shea, Mariah, and Angina as the second, and Blair, Cracker, and Mayhem as the third. We start with the ideation and writing of lyrics and recording of verses, and Cracker is already finding herself in some drama with Mayhem. The crux of it is this. Mayhem, and team leader Blair too actually, feel like Cracker's imposing herself too strongly on the group, to the extent it seems like the Cracker show more than a team effort. I definitely see where they're coming from though, and I understand their frustration, because Cracker's actions did come across as a bit self-centred, with how she tried to rewrite Mayhem's verse, decide choreo transitions, and so on. And in contrast, other teams seemed a little more coordinated, shall we say. Team Alexis, Jujubi, and India may not have been the smoothest sailing, with India struggling with writing and recording her verse, but they were still pretty functional nonetheless. And Team Shea, Angina, Mariah, right out of the gate, they know what they want to do, they have excellent synergy and chemistry. Bar a few hiccups during recording, they were the team that made the other queens ask, why can't I be on that team? Just based off the preparation and recording itself, I think the people that stood out most for me actually were Blair and Shay. So cut to that funny clip where Blair is talking about her man crush being Hannibal Lecter and the record scratches and Alexis <laughs> Mateo says, this bitch is into eating people and she's that skinny. <laughs> I found that so funny. And I also found Shay's preparation and lyrics very good. Like, it was all thought out really well, and there was a very good concept, and hence it flowed very smoothly without a hitch. And when she said in her confessional, but were y'all surprised, <laughs> I also found that so funny. Yeah. yeah, Shay and Blair have always been consistently strong musicians and lyricists, so I don't think that was any surprise, really. And Blair gets a special mention for just how out there and unexpected her choice of Hannibal Lecter was. But, quick side note, are we talking Anthony Hopkins' Silence of the Lambs Hannibal or Maz Mickelson TV show Hannibal? Because if it's the latter, I totally, completely understand where she's coming from. However, I think it's also really unfortunate that Angina lost her voice right before slash during recording. Like, when she was trying to say Henry Cavill, it was literally like, a whisper or a, or like a wheeze which kind of begs the question like why are queens punished for this kind of natural occurrences that are not really their fault mm, agreed like first was cracker's comments getting in her head and now she's physically lost her voice on top of it it really did seem like a bad week for poor angina and like as some people said online angina really made the autotune and producers work hard this week but i do hope that her being ill didn't sway the judgement too much. Mm -hmm. So now moving on to the next part of the episode, which is the performance preparation. Right. So each of the three groups gets some time on the main stage to work out, visualise and practice their choreography. And I will say that right off the bat, Shay's group is looking very, very competitive. Like, just as the other queens pointed out, they came out like BAM BAM WHAM WHAM 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 Which I think that while some credit definitely goes to the teammates themselves for pulling their weight, I'm pretty sure that this performance is very much even more a testament to Shay's ability to pull the team together and be like, this is the concept, let's work. 
So kudos to her for being a yes, great Yes, yes. Like I mentioned earlier, they were such a functional group, they made the other teams jealous. Even though reality TV loves hamming up the drama, I live for wholesome moments full of teamwork and friendship and encouragement. And this week, Team Shea kept me well fed in that regard. Love to see it. Yep. And the next day actually is Elimination Day. So the girls are judging themselves up to get ready for their performance of I'm in love. So while getting ready, the Cracker drama continues as Blair approaches Cracker about her being difficult to work with. She says, I love you, but you can be difficult. And when Cracker asks, how am I difficult? Juju B replies, you are you're egotistical. And Cracker goes, oh, that's garbage. Right? <laughs> while the girls are really going in. But to comment on this drama, right? I don't really like how conveniently people point to personal anecdotes to absolve them of their problems or responsibility like oh I had a really hard time connecting with others through my youth blah 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 whatever blah 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 like isn't that kind of like a static mindset as opposed to a growth one like come on your sisters are giving you feedback fuck up mm-hmm. unfortunately I think that is one of Cracker's weaknesses she doesn't really take accountability or responsibility for her actions. This has come to the fore as some of her past behaviours resurfaced recently, and even though fans keep asking her to address it, she remains silent about it, which is really disappointing. And I understand her whole I couldn't connect with people and make friends easily thing, because I've been there before. But here's the thing. In no way is that an apology for your actions. It might be an explanation, but it's not an excuse. In fact, I think that being your past means you should aspire to do better in your future, so you can like grow beyond that and better yourself. So I hope Cracker's been doing that growth in the years since this show was filmed. Mm-hmm. Yep, agreed. And now moving on to the Maxi Challenge performance proper. Who are your favourites? My favourite team as a whole would be the one I call Team Oddball, aka Team Blair, Cracker and Mayhem. I was living for how out of the box it was, and how somehow all of them coordinated outfits for this pastel purple prop princess fantasy. My favourite outfit of theirs was Blair's. I genuinely have not stopped thinking about that whole look. From the cute wig to the white harness and transparent skirt since I saw it, I need it in my closet like yesterday. As for my favourite individual, I loved Cracker's wordplay and how she was the only one singing the I'm in love, I'm in love transition between verses, but my favourite verse as a whole was undoubtedly Shay's. Look was cute, words were clever and catchy, overall a winning formula. But were we surprised though? (laughs) Yeah, I think um, similarly, personally, my favourites were Blair and Shay. I think both of them look so cute. Blair with her pop star Katy Perry fantasy and Shay with that outfit and those two little afro puffs on the top of her head. And then Blair's verse with Hannibal Lecter, like we said, far out there and really funny, while Shay's verse was just spitfire smooth Shay butter flowing. Another pretty funny one I thought was Mayhem with Mr. Rogers. Actually, I watched Monet's expose 
with Monet Exchange, and she was talking about how it's much better to pick something funny, make Rue laugh. Because otherwise, if you're not funny, you really need to be really, 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 really good in order to make it work. Kind of like shape. That's very true. I do think though, now that funny seems to be the key criterion for winning most challenges, there is a risk of the show growing a little stale and favoring only comedy queen types, because drag is so much more than just comedy and surface level camp. It's about, you know, spreading a message, performance art, culture, elevating it to the next level. But I think the elevation aspect really worked in Shay's favor this time, because her performance was simply so cohesive and put together that it'd be stupid to ignore that in favor of something that was just funny. Well, I think trying to weigh in on this idea about drag being judged based on how funny it is, I think one big reason why RuPaul loves things that are funny is because that kind of stems from not taking yourself very seriously. And... The whole idea of drag is to let yourself out of that box that you traditionally box yourself in because of daily work, daily life, daily society. And yeah, not take yourself seriously so that you can discover new parts of yourself and reveal more about who you are. So I think that's a big reason why RuPaul well loves funny things in general. And I mean, this is a TV show, so you know, Comedy definitely makes for good television. That's true. So that's the good parts. What do you think? Who had the weakest verses of the week, you think? Well, on the other hand, I think while there wasn't anyone bad per se, I think India's verse in particular didn't really stand out to me because she chose Justin Timberlake, who isn't a particularly funny choice and her verse really wasn't as professionally good as Shay's for instance right and I think being right after Alexis and Juju didn't do her any favors as well because it made her seem quite outshined agreed agreed I think that's a recurring problem for India where she seems to fade into the background because she's somehow always in a team with loud strong personalities And she's acknowledged that her shyness has been a problem in the past, so I was hoping for more from her, especially with how she put herself out there last week to clinch the first win of the season. But in terms of the verses themselves, none of them were outright awful or anything. So rankings become a lot harder, because now the judges have to choose not based on what they disliked most, but what they liked least. But now, we go to the runway. Category is Love the Skin You're In. First up, India Farah comes out in this drapey gown with fabric of different skin tones draped across, joined together with a sequined red heart on her hip. Mm -hmm. Yep. And now for this segment, we are just going to review the looks and give them a rating. So for anyone who's new here, uh, we are going to either toot or boot the look. So to toot the look means to upvote it, give it a thumbs up, and boot means that we give it a thumbs down and we don't really like it, right? So for India's look, for me, I think this is a very soft toot. Because while I think the idea is very good, I feel that the execution is a bit craftsy to me. 
I also think that the gown could have maybe fallen further down to the floor. That may have made it look better. And another idea would be that if it, there was more length along those lines, more intermediary pieces of fabric could actually be used to give the gown a smoother gradient effect. Hmm. Agreed on soft too. It's a beautiful idea and message, but I think the design could have been refined a little bit more, like you mentioned. Soft toot. Right. And up next, we have Jujubee, who comes in in this sort of champagne-coloured trumpet gown and her hair done up. This is another soft toot for me. And while I do think it is a nice gown, it feels a tad, well, I hate to say this, pedestrian to me. Right, like I feel it could be finessed more, and it's missing that extra something. I think it might have to do with the strappy top, as well as the length and the fullness of the trumpets. Mm, soft toot. It's absolutely stunning. Don't get me wrong, but personally, I just wasn't feeling it. Truthfully, I didn't get very much love the skin you're in from it. So it is a soft toot as well. Then we have Alexis Mateo. Her outfit is a simple column gown with ruffles coming out around the bust area. For me, this is another soft toot. I think the colour is especially gorgeous, but once again, I feel like the outfit could be finessed better. Like, for instance, I think the ruffles are not severe or not drama and drag enough. Like, they should be bigger. Hmm, I love Alexis, but... Unfortunately, this was a boot for me. The colour and detail were great for me, but I'm not a fan of the leather-looking material because that was just giving me sofa realness. <laughs> That's really funny. And up next is Miss Blair St. Clair, I do declare. She comes out in this all-hot pink outfit, even to her skin, very French-looking with a beret and skin tight latex jacket and pencil skirt. So personally, I love this outfit. I think it is a very high toot for me. I love that she went so far out of left field with the idea that anyone can have their own skin that they can be comfortable in and also that no one else would turn up to the runway in hot pink. It's a shame the judges didn't get it because I was gagging for the originality and creativity of it. There's the literal skin from the skin tight dress and the hot pink inner skin that Blair mentioned she feels like all the time inside. Overall, a meaningful and beautiful and creative look. This is my shoot of the week. Next is Miss Cracker giving me a whole lot of Speak Now by Taylor Swift because frankly, this is a gown shaped like a pastry. It's a soft toot for me on this one, because I think at this point, this particular tulle silhouette is way overused. With the tutu-ish skirt in front, and a train in the back, and not even that pastry cup collar can do much to change the silhouette. And I think the collar was also a bit too tall for my liking, because it almost blocked Cracker's face, and kind of distracted me from the rest of the look. Like, pick one campy oversized element the hair or the collar so soft toot yeah i don't really think it's fair for me to give this either a toot or, the, or a boot because i don't really understand 
what um, the outfit is trying to reference, if anything. And the style seems a bit obscure to me, so it's a bit difficult for me to comment. But if I really had to rate it, I guess it would be a soft toot, or maybe even a boot. Um, I wish the front piece had even more drama, right? Like, it could even be a gimmick where it went up so high that it covers her face from the front completely, so you can only see her face from the side, right? Or it could still go up similarly high, but have a middle parting, so you could still see her face. Something like that, right? I felt like it was missing that extra drama that leans fashion into drag. Up next is Mayhem Miller. She comes out in this black floor-length dress with beads dangling all around, a la Kim Kardashian's Mugler Met Gala dress. Um, I'm quite sorry, but I'm gonna have to boot this, just because it is already based on an existing dress, but the execution kind of falls short. I think the dress being floor length and dragging behind, instead of being skin tight like Kim's mini dress, as well as the beads being a little too long, takes away from the effect of her being wet and slick. Mm, I think you've said my piece better than I could have said it myself. I love Mayhem, but it's a boot for me too. I think part of the appeal of Kim's dripping wet bodysuit was how exaggerated the proportions were, the ant-sized waist, the huge curves, and how it's Kim poking fun and even playing along with how the public perceives her body and its proportions. Whereas Mayhem didn't do that extreme proportionizing in this case, instead going with the more average human sort of figure, so the overall effect is more of an oh okay cute than a face crack moment. Next up, Shay. Did I say Blair was my shoot of the week? Cause oops, sorry, I lied. Shay's rating is a shoot too. I don't think I have to explain too much about that wonderful bodysuit. It's simply a masterpiece. Timeless. Mm-hmm, yep, this is a shoot for me as well. This is a bodysuit done well, exquisitely airbrushed, all the bedazzling is done elaborately and the accessories are right. My only note is I'm, I'm not sure, but I might have liked the hair to be a bit bigger, I'm not Up next, on China, she comes out in this outfit with feathers all over it based off a traditional Filipino, um, I think costume or icon, something like that. The costume itself is actually very lovely. I'm not sure where it comes from, but it has this really villainous vibe to it, right? Because of the drama, I guess, of the shoulders and sleeves, as well as the flowiness with the feathers and everything. The only problem which the judges actually picked up on also was that the dress felt too frilly and big for her. Like it was kind of swallowing her up. And it's kind of funny, in fact, that her head looked like this egg in a nest of feathers. I found that so funny because it was so accurate. The outfit could be improved, I think, by cutting out some areas for her to show herself and her body, such as around her neck area. Mm. It was yet another soft toot for me. I love the cultural references, but I think the execution could have been improved. I agree on the egg in a nest point, which I can now never unsee, but I'd have fixed it differently. Like, I love the covering to the neck aspect, but 
I'd have gone for a more skin-tight, almost turtleneck kind of cover, and then lowered the giant flared collar to just below my collarbones, so there's drama, but also a little more form to it. Last but not least, Mariah Paris Balenciaga. Toot. This champagne gown was perfect, it gave me drama and glamour in winning every Oscar all in one, the opulence is off the charts, I definitely see myself wearing it. It's an extremely solid toot among all this week's boots and soft toots. Mm, yep, I agree, this is a very big toot. This is how you do a gown. It has that finesse and exquisiteness that I... Well, that I felt Juju and Alexis's outfits were kind of missing. Right, the trend is just so full and done right, and I especially love that piece around the neck and back. So yeah, Mariah once again showing us why she's the true icon of style. And now we move on to the deliberation. So the winner of this week's challenge is Shay, and the bottom three turn out to be India, Anjana, and Mariah. What do you think? I think it was an extremely fair call. Like I mentioned earlier, none of the verses were clear-cut horrendous. In fact, all of them were at least decent attempts at writing. But I personally saw it as a question of whose verses were wittiest and had the most lyrical substance, if you get what I mean. And that's when the judge's reasoning for high, safe, and bottom made the most sense to me. So I think this week's judgments were pretty accurate to what I was expecting. Yep, I agree mostly with the judges' critiques, but I kind of wished Blair had actually won the challenge, just as a reward for her creativity, humor, and effort in stepping out of the box. I mean, come on, we know this is probably not going to be Shay's first win anyway. With regards to the bottom three, I agree mostly with the judges, except that I don't think Mariah did that badly, and I think her outfit and performance were good and okay enough to keep her off the bottom three. Now, what do you think about Angina saying that the other two deserve to stay more than she does, based on the competition so far? I'll be completely honest, I straight up cried when I watched that. Thank God my family wasn't in the living room with me. But at the same time, this made me really sad in a way that past All-Stars tapouts haven't. For example, in AS2, Adore left early for mental health reasons, which I completely understand and respect for putting her own health above the competition. In AS3, we have Dela's famous self-elimination, so she could go out on her own terms. I'd have loved to see Dela win her whole season officially, but given how strong her track record and how wonderful she is, she'll always be a winner in my heart. And now to AS5, with Angina deciding for herself that her competitors had more to offer, so it's only right that she leaves now. Well, I respect Angina's feelings, but I'm distraught that she even felt that way about herself in the first place, knowing that part of that was likely due to Cracker getting in her head from the start of the episode. Yeah, I feel like in a competition you should never outrightly ever say anything. Like, I give up, or I don't want to be here. And, well, this goes for any competition, but more so in this All-Stars, right? In this game where the approval and perceptions of your peers matter so much. 
I think also given how this is a US competition, the idea of fair and competitive play is really much more apparent than simply a self-interested move in terms of voting, right? I think moves where competitors vote strong competition off in the manner of how, for example, Manila was voted off in AS4 seem to be a bit rarer. And now to the lip sync. Miss Alyssa Edwards, the dancing queen herself, comes out. Thoughts? Miss Ma'am, we know how many iconic lip syncs Alyssa's had in the past, so of course we're expecting her to turn it out once again now. What about you? Well, personally, I was actually very surprised by the lip sync because everyone knows the Tatiana versus Alyssa lip sync to be one of the most iconic in track race history. But I didn't feel like Alyssa really did any assassinating at all, even over here. Whereas Shay Kule was turning it out like all the spins and flips and clackety clackety dance steps, she was really embodying the song doing the Nushan dance. Where was this Shay during the season 9 finale? But even if that Shay was there, could it really top the cascade of rose petals from Sasha's wig? Real talk though, I have seen a couple of people online claim that Alyssa, quote, threw the lip sync away for the producer's narrative of Shay winning. But I don't think she deliberately played it like that. I think it's more so the fact that Alyssa is 40 years old. She's literally almost as old as my parents. Do we really expect her to be snapping all her limbs for a lip sync at her age? Also, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I feel like maybe Alyssa isn't quite the lip sync assassin everyone makes her out to be. Even she said herself in Untuck this episode, nobody's ever called me an assassin. She is an excellent dancer, don't get me wrong, but I notice she tends to repeat moves like dips and splits a lot, and people go nuts over it. I love a well-timed dip as much as anyone else, but a dip does not an assassin make. So that's why I don't believe it was Alyssa throwing away the lip sync for the producers. I just think that this time she wanted to convey the song's emotions in a more understated way, with her facial expressions and commanding stage presence. And on the other hand, Shay took it the way I think most people would have approached performing the song, high energy, twirling across the stage, even beating Alyssa to the back of the stage so Alyssa couldn't do her traditional dramatic wall moment at the start. Shay was really on her A-game this week, and I couldn't be happier with the outcome. Yep. Shay deservedly wins the lip sync and wins $20,000 because last week's money rolled over to this week. And the power to give one of the bottom queens the chop. And she chooses on China, which I think as we discussed earlier was actually, well, quite deserved, I guess. Albeit, unfortunately. I'm, yeah, I'm sad that Angina felt it was her time because she had so much more to give. But knowing she was physically ill and had Cracker's words in her head the whole time, I've definitely been in a similar headspace before. When someone in that headspace makes a decision, there's really not much that can be done to change their mind. I hope she's had time to recover this past year and talk things out, especially with Cracker, but 
This was her message for Cracker in her elimination Instagram post. I just want to say that I hope next time you are surrounded by queens, whether it's a local stage or a world stage like All Stars, if a queen is feeling nervous, unsure of themselves or losing confidence, that you choose to uplift them instead of kicking them while they're already on the ground. We can make the choice to be genuine and sisterly even in a competition with $100,000 on the line. A truly graceful and genuine response to our experience on the show, and I'm sure an important takeaway for us watching. And now we've come to the end of episode 2. Who are you looking at for this season after this week? I think my front runners have stayed relatively the same, except that she is proving even more why she's a force to be reckoned with. And I'm sure she'll continue to do well the next few weeks. Truly. Beyond Shay, I'm also interested to see how, if at all, Cracker will evolve and mature beyond the person we've seen this episode, because no matter her intentions, what she said to Angina this week still doesn't sit right with me. I'm also keeping a close eye on Blair, who's been consistently strong so far, and I want to see if that momentum will translate into a maxi challenge win soon. Mm -hmm. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. This has been Skinny Thoughts with Ray and Oz. Thank you for listening, everyone, and join us next week for another episode of... Skinny... Oh my god, not growth mindset. But yeah, unfortunately, I do think that this is one of Cracker's weaknesses. She doesn't really take accountability or responsibility for her actions. And oh my god, is that the bloody campaign truck? <laughs> Oh my god, that can be the next, like, intro. And be like, Hi, I'm yeah. that campaign truck driving into your small little lane just to annoy you at in the dead of night. Ah. Oh my god, that can be your intro. I have mine. Like, I have a list. Wait, who is it, huh? Hmm? Who is what? Wait, who's the truck this week? Let me see. Okay, I can't see it, but the louder shit. <laughs> okay, I think they've. Sh okay, I think they've shut up. Let's. I'll record my part again. <laughs>